0: Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Be sure to like, subscribe. I'm Johnny Metterball joined, as always, on this audio-only pod. With Mr. Bo Brock, Tuesday, kind of a lowly Tuesday. We haven't heard from the Cardinals, haven't seen them outside of Cliff Kingsbury's media availability on Monday. So, Bo, we thought a hey, perfect opportunity ahead of the Vikings this week. Seven weeks into the season, let's take a temperature check of some folks that we thought were going to have big roles that maybe aren't, and then vice versa, some guys that are coming out of nowhere for the Cardinals.
1: Yeah, it's strange, Johnny, because I feel like last week things changed significantly for this team. Like a, 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 there was a just a switch that flipped, and this team realized like, oh, shit, it's shit or get off the pot time for this organization, and it's time to you know ride with the, the guys that we feel are the hot hand and maybe take a different look at some positions that have been struggling at the interior of the offensive line, made the playmaking p- positions, the running back position. And we saw it on a full display against the Northern Saints on Thursday Night Football. It was a good kind of uh, get-right game for the Arizona Cardinals. Definitely nothing perfect, but one that they can kind of ride the momentum off. And with that, you know, you can probably wave goodbye to a couple guys who, you know, were in the thick of things, had some roles, got some looks, through the first six weeks of the season, and now no longer. I, I I don't think you can kind of foresee much
0: more playing time, significant snaps going forward. I think the poster child for that is old A.J. Green. And yeah. he has seen his playing time greatly reduce, even with Bo, all the injuries at receiver. I mean, there was a – I think we were like maybe through this – at least the first half of last Thursday, he had not played a snap. And again, this is with Hopkins – having minimal practices. This is with Robbie Anderson, you know, rolling right in from Carolina and where's old number 18. He's not playing. And I think again, if, if we were getting the AJ green from the first half of last season, he would be playing. Remember everybody in training camp last year said, Oh, look at AJ green. He's turning back the clock. Wait till you see it. And we did see it for like eight to 10 weeks, really until he didn't turn around and try to grab that football against the green Bay Packers. But now it's just like, I understand why they've moved off of him, but it seems drastic and sudden. But, I mean, let's just call spade a spade. He just he has trouble separating. Mm-hmm. And you can't not separate and have questionable hands. That's a bad combination for a receiver.
1: Yeah, I mean, you see the commercials on TV all the time. Now it's LeBron James versus Father Time. Yeah. Father Time's undefeated. Jason Momoa from Game of Thrones, Aquaman, whatever you know him best for. But A.J. Green's getting taken down by Father Time. It's official. It's over. You know, He had a little bit of a resurgence last year after a down year in his final season with, with the Bengals, 850 and three tutties. But it, it's it's over for him. And, and unfortunately, this is going to be very unceremonious. And, you know, Robbie Anderson, like – Talk about like trying to be transparent. Like I don't think like Cliff Kingsbury just lied to our face again. Like Robbie Anderson played twelve snaps, Johnny. I mean, he played twelve snaps. That's AJ Green was on the field. Like he wasn't even on the field for the Arizona Cardinals. It wasn't just because of Robbie Anderson. Greg Dortch saw a big uptick in, in snaps. Thank goodness. Uh, I think I think you saw just a kind of different formation as far as different formations, different type of offense with DeAndre Hopkins being there. Is DeAndre Hopkins? Is Rondell Moore? It was Greg Dortch? It was Zach Hurts? Um, and it it was not, it was just not AJ Green. And and you have to, you loved what you saw from DeAndre Hopkins now that we're kind of seeing where he played just different, different spots, different route trees, different roles. Um, and, and taking a a back seat to all of this is AJ Green. And I would be hard pressed to find, you know, looking at the schedule, like uh, they're not going to play matchups. They're they're just going to ride the hot hands. And I just think that he's, I, I don't think they'll cut him. No. I think the only thing that happens here is if AJ Green just kind of says, this isn't for me and says, you know, but he's not going to turn down guaranteed dollars. He's not going to walk away from a contract. Um, but it's like I said, it's just going to be inc- unceremonious. And he's just going to kind of fade into the
0: bottom of the depth chart and not see any significant playing time going forward. It's so funny when you talk about his lack of production, it parallels what we're seeing with Julio Jones, Can't Mm -hmm. stay healthy, but he can't separate with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were in that same draft class. They were separated by a couple of picks. And then, of course, Patrick Peterson is sandwiched in between them, the Cardinals opponent this Sunday. What does that speak to the fact of what DeAndre (laughs) Hopkins potentially is going to do to old number seven for uh, Minnesota? But with Green in particular, the stats aren't good this year. But then when you look at them, they are jarring. 10 receptions, 56 yards, 5.6 yards per catch. It's with a, a ton of drops. So I think the Cardinals just looked at the film. Hopefully we're respectful and we're just like, we just can't have this. Go and retire after the season. Go, you know, talk on the SEC network about Georgia. Go get your, <laughs> uh, you know, your jersey retired from Cincinnati and, and good luck to you. It's a young man's league, unless you're DeAndre Hopkins and you, and you got young legs. Uh, and that's what the Cardinals are going to roll with. Um, that's a great example of a guy, you know, it was a, a signing in the off season. A lot of people were like, man. But it's good depth. It's not even good depth now. Like, he's a liability when he plays. I look at the defensive side of the ball and the linebacking core and the linebackers, they tried it out week one against Kansas City. And I know Zayvon Collins played, but before his injury, Nick Vigil was getting a lot of pub. And you think about he and Devon Kennard out there. And I know Nick Vigil's been hurt, and it's not fair to bang on a guy who's been out, but they play better defense since Nick Vigil got out of here. Ben yeah. Mead, Neiman is kind of like that third guy hanging around. But, I mean, Zavon's fine finding the stride. Isaiah Simmons, to me, like, everybody called that in the offseason. Like, Nick Vigil, I don't want him playing meaningful snaps. Devon Kennard, they cut him, they bring him back, they cut him again. I just, it's one of those vices that Vance Joseph has where uh, Howard Balzer at gophnx.com is a great article about, like, entrusting your young defenders and, and reaping the benefits. And we've seen that with Marco Wilson and, and Isaiah Simmons this past week, like you're not getting that from Devon Kennard. Devon Kennard had like 30 games with this team and like three snap and three sacks. It just wasn't happening. No, it wasn't.
1: There was, there was no production. It was just a guy showing up to work, punching a time clock. And that was it. As far as his impact, it was minimal. And uh, I, I do like that this team has decided to just go with the guys that are making an impact and, and, Kind of sink or swim to with with these prospects that you know they utilized draft pick, not a high draft pick for for Marco Wilson, but they traded up to get him in the fourth round. It was somebody that they had targeted, and it was somebody that you know uh, statistically, whatever you want to look at it, just regular statistics, next level is analytics. Like struggled as mightily at the end of last season, and you know had a strong start to camp. Uh, he's a complete just tool shed as far as what he he brings to the table for 43 and a half and for you know, sub four, four forty, just a freak. Uh, but, you know, could he put it together? Could he harness it? And yeah, I think we saw a little bit of that. We saw him get burned, but we also also saw the pick six and we've seen, I think for the most part, Marco Wilson play good football this season. Like we haven't had to talk about him because he hasn't been a liability. Right. You know, it's, it's the first time I think, when we did talk about him, sure, he gave up the big touchdown to Andy Dalton, that 57-yarder. But then, you know, that big play, you can't argue it. And you're, you got to take the good with the bad with, with some of these guys. And a second-year corner, I'll take
0: him giving up a touchdown if he's going to produce a pick six. Well, it's just like I had somebody come at me because I was touting Marco and Howard's article saying something mm-hmm. to the effect of Marco Wilson's trash. No, we have seen <laughs> trash draft picks in the Steve Chimera. With all due respect, their names are Brandon Williams, Chad Williams, and Akeem Butler—guys who can't get on the field, who are cut. Mm-hmm. Brandon Williams makes no money, is contributing for a defense, starting for a defense at 23 years old. That's only improving. Like it, you know. So Marco I get Wilson. Marco Wilson. I, yeah. I get frustrated sometimes. It's like people either want this guy to be a Pro Bowler, ex-player to be—you got to be a Pro Bowler or you're a bust. It's like. The meat of your roster is typically going to be filled out with guys like Marco Wilson. And, yeah. and that's when you have sustained success and longevity and you can make po- the Cardinals for the longest time, Bruce Arians, the rosters were too top heavy. They had stars. Mm-hmm. And then there was a drop off unique guys like Marco Wilson to fill out the meat of your roster. They have a number one corner in Byron Murphy. He's going to probably be paid handsomely this off season. Marco Wilson and Antonio Hamilton to a lesser degree are perfect supplemental players that make no money, that understand the defense, that, I mean, get burned uh, time and time again, but that happens to most defensive backs. There's no team in the NFL. We talk about it at nauseam. We, we previewed the season. How many teams have, like, three to four quality corners? It's just, it's not a thing. Yeah. Marco Wilson goes out and has a pick six on Thursday night football, and he's been healthy. Remember, like, they lost him last year. He's 22 yeah. years old. I'm like, this is a big loss, and he wasn't the same player, but I don't know. That frustrates me to no end. And it's. I'm glad that Vance, in general, it's like we're going with youth for better or worse. Yeah. And that's yeah. when you get the outside plays and the interceptions and the returns for touchdowns. You may, you know, a, a drive or two may look lackadaisical, guys may be confused, but it's one of those things where we knew what the ceiling was with the guys before them and it wasn't great.
1: Yeah, I, w- I want to continue this role conversation a little bit further here uh, and and then we'll switch kind of switch gears, but also I got to tell you about uh, the final Wednesday, last Wednesday of the month, hanging out at Four Peaks, the entire PHNX crew, including the PHNX Cardinal show, I believe myself, Damian Anderson are going to be there. Johnny, he's not going to be there this this time around, but he'll be there future uh, dates at Four Peaks. Come join us. The H Street Pug in Tempe, $3 Kilt Lifters, Wow Wheat Pints. Just mention you're here with the PHNX crew. That's going on Wednesday. If you're listening to us, here Wednesday morning, come visit, come hang out for our live show later this afternoon. Also, the Yotes play their inaugural home game at Mullen Arena this Friday. Join PHX Coyote's crew. They just came off another W, I think, last night, right? Didn't the, the Yotes yeah. win tonight? They're hot, man. this. They are. I, I don't know what they're doing. Aren't they supposed to be tanking for some guy named Bedard? Four I'll Peaks. Win Let's wing it. <laughs> Four Peaks, your tailgate watch party for the Yotes home opener. It's free enter you can enjoy three dollar beer specials you can watch on the big 20-foot jumbo screen register through the link in our podcast show notes here you got to be 21 years or older and enjoy it responsibly you
0: know bo was talking about aj green and i brought up his stats and then i talked about the fact that underdog fantasy bo featured aj green the other day and it was a gross gross negligent display uh that he will hopefully never make again and um you can be better uh by going on an underdog (laughs) fantasy using that promo code phnx Underdog's gonna double your first deposit up to one hundred dollars. Just find it in the app store. Click on the link in the show notes. That's underdog fantasy promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today, Bo. Yeah,
1: so we talked to, we're talking some roles here, and you know, James Conner might be trending towards playing Cliff said on Monday. It's probably gonna be a game time decision against again, him and Rodney Hudson. They they still have that where I think he's more encouraged, like place kicker Matt Prater likely to come back this week. You've got uh Trayvon Mullen talk about having pro uh, caliber corners. I mean, you could have four by the end of the week, if he can finally overcome that hamstring issue. I know that's, that's kind of a, an area of frustration because of what the Cardinals, you know, traded for Mullen and, and what they've gotten back from him. I think what 18 defensive snaps and, and basically one game and then a special team game for Mullen before the injury. But this the, the offensive side, and let's talk about more guys who aren't seeing a depreciating role, but guys like Greg Dorch and Eno Benjamin, two yeah. two fan favorites. And, and I think people should be encouraged with the idea that you know Cliff said that on Monday. He told me he said he's a guy that has earned the coaches, he's earned the players, he's earned everybody's respect, and he's pretty much you're not going to be able to take him off the field this time. I, now I know somebody was probably banging him on the head with the shovel with stats and. Advanced analytics, Johnny. I know you had the tweet as far as the separation. He was still leading the NFL with 4.4 yards separation, uh, even despite playing like not playing for two weeks. Yeah, Um, and then he finally gets in there on Thursday Night Football, and guess what? Scores a touchdown. They have the uh, the Simba celebration, which was legit. He's lifted up by one of his offensive linemen, like he's baby Simba. Uh, And then Eno Benjamin is just you just love to see Eno Benjamin, seventh round pick, Arizona State product you know, have the game that he did, just what, 12 carries, 92 yards, a touchdown. He, he's a force and pass pro. He's a force in catching the ball out of the backfield. I mean, you know, Benjamin is is going to make the case, even when James Conner comes back, to
0: be a, a more fair work share, I would have to, I'd have to assume. Yeah, the backfield needs to be what it was last year with Chase Edmonds and James Conner. And I think that works to James's benefit because I think we've seen with James, outside of a couple st- – Spot starts here and there, and he had that nice run last year when Chase went down, but the, the best combination is James, probably 60 65%. And you get a, another shift of your back that can come in and help level set, and that's, you know, Benjamin this year. Talk about a guy making no money, a seventh-round pick. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, I'm going for 1,700 yards in the Pac-12. I bring it up all the time. It's like our guy Damian Anderson, who went for 2,000 yards out of Northwestern, went on Like, what the hell are these teams doing? Like, let's get these right. guys paid i remember you know had a third round grade from lancer line like you can see it he's an nfl caliber starting back now can he hold up over 17 weeks i don't know but like some of those runs in the fourth quarter i mean that helped put the game away and the, the dorch factor to me it's like i do think there is some level of well it's you know he did it in the preseason what's the preseason and then you just watch him carry it over like seamlessly i can't remember a french player that went from an afterthought to, yeah, he'll make the team to, oh yeah, he's like the MVP of the preseason to, he needs to be playing all the time. <laughs> like that's, yeah. ne- it's never happened because we typically have to separate preseason from the real season from the regular season to the point where I'm just like, I don't want to see Rondell Moore over Greg Dortch and Rondell is healthy. I until Rondell and Cliff can get on the same page and figure out how to make him a, a well-rounded receiver. Like, I don't think it's hyperbole to say like today, right now, I, Greg Dorch is not as good of an athlete as Rondell Moore. He's not as fast as Rondell Moore. I think he's just a better NFL receiver today. And that's not a knock on Rondell, but whatever they're doing, I, I just, I don't think it's working. I don't think it's working around Rondell's benefit. Yeah. And that kind of translates me into the the next one I want to bring up. And Moore was somebody coming into the season that was going to get Christian Kirk shares at the slot receiver. And people were thinking, could he sneak his way to a thousand yards with D hop being out and Hollywood not know Like, could, could they lean on Rondell Moore? He has the hamstring injury. He comes back. His usage hasn't been good. You know, I, I got tipped off the other day. I sent this to Bo. It's like he he unfollowed or maybe never did the Cardinals account on Instagram, the team account. Mm-hmm. Like, could he be traded in the coming days? I think everything's on the table. And I just, I go back to the fact that little guys, little players are more susceptible to get hurt. He was hurt in college. So what's the saying? Hurting, in hurtin', college, hurting the pros. That's a yeah. real thing. And, you know, I just, he is, to me, I am unimpressed. He's a poor man's Percy Harvin. I want him to do well. He's a great guy. You see that clip with he and JJ Watt and he's trying to lift him up about after dropping a pass, but I just don't see it. I don't see it, Bo. Yeah. Hurts. They hurt players. They hurt.
1: Yeah. other cliche and it rings true, you know, too often. And, I mean, he had two targets on on Thursday night. One, you know, he uh, second play I think from scrimmage, thirty-one yard pass from Kyler Murray, absolute dot. And then, you know, after that, you're you're back banging your hand hand on your coffee table because they're throwing to him on third down in a in a red zone situation, a fade, a fade to your five-seven wide receiver, uh, and you know he he can't he can't secure the ball. I mean, and I don't I don't blame him for that. I, I think that's a just a bad. Bad play call. I I don't know how that happens, but still he's part of a frustrating play in this offense. And yeah, I I think that now he's just going to have to make it. He's going to have to take advantage of any opportunity he gets. It's going to come down to Rondell Moore forcing the issue, but from going on forward, like, yeah, he's probably going to see two, three, four targets. It's, it's no longer to be like six to eight targets, you know, that, that wide receiver, like that, that Christian Kirk role that you were talking about. One more name, and, and this is going to be more kind of a forecast, right? And, and we saw we saw a little bit. I think we saw five offensive snaps from him on Thursday. Josh Jones. What are your thoughts on Josh Jones? Uh, he played the entire preseason. Uh, you know, as DJ Humphreys was dealing with one, he wasn't available at the beginning of the training camp because of his GI issue that miraculously went away because of his after his extension, and he just didn't. You know, you know what you're going to get from DJ Humphreys, who's been. Almost criminally under, you know, under discussed how solid he's been at the left tackle position all season long. But do you see, can you, You? what do you forecast for Josh Jones the rest of the season? Do you think we're going to see him maybe down the stretch play more football at the tackle, maybe at the tackle position? I think he he showed up at a guard spot a couple times uh, on Thursday. I don't don't know. Do you think that, I'm I'm just trying to, without having any rain in the forecast or anything, I'm just trying to play weatherman here.
0: What do you think on Josh Jones? Let me preface this by saying fans dislike Kelvin Beecham. Um, yeah. The coaches do not. Sean Kugler loves him. He's a great guy. He's been on this podcast. And you know who else loves Kelvin Beecham? The analytics. And we're going to talk about that here in the next segment. Josh, to me, it's weird because we're in a position, the Cardinals, where they have three quality tackles. There, was a, there were years where this team had negative tackles, that they couldn't trot out a, a, a tackle or a guard worth their shit. Now they have a surplus. It's like, shit, what do we do? You just ride it out. You let Kelvin <laughs> yeah. Beachum hit free agency. He probably retires and you let Josh Jones on you know fourth year of his deal as a third late third round pick. Like I get pissy when first and second round guys aren't playing, but like shit, if there's somebody in front of him that's kicking ass and doing well in this stable, I mean say what you want about Kelvin. He's never hurt. He I mean he moved from left to right when he came to the Cardinals. Pretty seamless. Um he could be better, but I to me, this this is not about Josh Jones. It's about Kelvin Beacham his standing within the organization. Josh has shown more than enough to be the heir apparent next year. Now, what does that mean for a future contract? I don't know. Future problems for the Cardinals, the off season of 2024. But, I mean, he he and Humphreys give this team such life at the position in moving into the future. And it, real quick on Humphreys, that block he made when Kyler booted out on fourth and one and a half in the red zone last week. Go rewatch that play if you haven't already. 74 had a great game against the New Orleans Saints. He is criminally underrated. So to me, it's like the Cardinals rushed the development of so many tackles in the past. Bobby Massey comes to mind, and what did Bobby Massey do? He finishes his, his career strong with the Cardinals, and he went and parlayed it in a couple contracts with the Bears, and he played his best mm-hmm. football in Chicago. Like It's okay. We can let Josh Jones develop. He's been with Cliff Kingsbury and Sean Coogler this entire time. We saw in the preseason he's ready to go. Now, I mean – if somebody called me in three to four days and offered me a premium defensive player and I could center a trade around Josh Jones, I would, I would have the conversation wouldn't be my favorite thing to do, but I think he is a, he's an ascending talent and the Cardinals don't have enough of those on the offensive line. And so I'm excited about that. I'm also excited to tell you guys about the game time app, save up to 60% when you buy tickets last minute. Saul Bookman did this for, I believe the game against the saints had premium seats for under 200 bucks. I'm talking 50 yard line. It's great for you procrastinators out there. It's the best way to support us. You just got to click the link in the show description, come out and ball out. Watch the Cardinals ball out against the Seahawks in a couple of weeks. Get your tickets on game time.
1: We record this podcast on Tuesdays, usually in the evening, actually kind of late at night. It's PHX Cardinals after dark here. And, uh, after the show, winding down, uh, I don't have to think about, am I going to be able to fall asleep? OG's is doing something completely different that's changing the game. They just launched a brand new Sleep Edition Gummy. It's unreal. If You, you don't, you don't want to sleep on these. Of course, you've got OG's Flavoring Dreams now, 2 to 1 THC to CBM. That's what these new gummies have in them. And CBN is the compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep. The Sleep Edition Gummy, it's the aqua berry flavor, so it's delicious too. Highly recommend you check out OG's. All their, all their products online, ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com. Check them out on Instagram as well. You can find their products, your local dispensary. you got to be 21 years or older, and you got to be the, just 21 olders to purchase there.
0: So I had somebody DM me, Beau, uh earlier this week, and I appreciated asking where the PFF grades were on our show, in tweets, and I always give them out. You know, I have premium. Subscription, no big deal, and I I like share the wealth with Cardinal fans, and you know you think about okay the game's been over for five games we're not gonna dive into PFF grades for the Saints game but we thought it would be fun to talk about season grades Pro Football Focus for the Arizona Cardinals where people stand what are some surprises I've got the grades up in front of me here and Bo if you had a guess right now Bo doesn't have the grades uh who's who's the and I I take total snaps into account so I'm gonna say somebody mm-hmm. who's played at least 200 snaps for the Cardinals this year. Who is the highest graded Arizona Cardinal offensively? We'll start with offense. Wow. Um, and, and you do a good job
1: tweeting this out at John Revenerable. So I, I do have that. Um, one, one day you're just going to have to share that PFF password with me, though. To, so I, I'm more informed. Uh, I would say Will Hernandez.
0: Now, it's, it, that's not a bad guess. Um, he is 10th. Um but wow. that, that of, is a bad guess. No no no, in terms of guys <laughs> that have played key snaps if I do some math, he's probably 6th or 7th. Okay. His number one rated player offensively for the Cardinals in 2022 is Eno Benjamin with a grade wow. of seven, 78.6 on almost 240 snaps. Uh running the football, he has the best run grade on the team. Second for the Cardinals on PFF uh offensively Hollywood Brown. Not a surprise. Uh, 78.4 uh, has been fantastic. And then it's DJ Freeze and Kelvin Beach and back-to-back, almost identical grades. So Kyler Murray rounds out the group in the top five at just under 70, and we know he can play better. What I think is interesting, you just mentioned him. So Will Hernandez, right? He's a 65. You might think, that's fine. It's average. He has not averaged anything over a 55 55- since his rookie season with the Giants, since, uh, he has 67.9. And I know the season's long, and it could drop off, but that tell me, tells me Will Hernandez is, has turned a corner. Most specifically, he's got an elite pass-blocking grade of 72. So it's the Cardinals bought low, and mm-hmm. they hedged their bet on his relationship with Sean Kugler, and he is rewarding them by playing almost 10 points higher than he has in New York each of the last three years. And, and the big knock on him was he... As far as pass blocking,
1: he he's a good blocker in a phone booth, which is essentially saying like he he can only block like a small, short distance. Like if you if you get around him, he's not going to get you in and, and pass blocking. And to get a grade like that, that that that's better than blocking in a phone booth, in my opinion. I think that he's taken a stride as far as his pass blocking goes. So that's good. I'm, I I was shocked that he's that low. He must have had a real he, he had a stinker against Seattle, right? Is, yeah. is that where he's yeah? So but again,
0: you take out I'm going to take out Daryl Williams, Keontae Ingram, uh, and I'm going to take out Josh Jones, who's got 14 snaps, but he's the third highest rated Cardinal. You take out those three, he's he's sixth or seventh on the on the offense, and so I mean it's it's the usual suspects. My interesting question for you Bo – is who's who's in the bottom tier? Give me a couple guys who you think are the worst graded Cardinals offensively this year.
1: Man, um, you didn't mention Ertz, which is kind of curious. Is is Ertz down there? Is he? Is he well, he he's he's uh, his grade this year sixty two point well, eight. pretty average.
0: I think Sean Harlow going to be in there, right? He is is. He,
1: is
0: he, he, <laughs> Sean statistically is having the worst season of any Cardinal over two hundred snaps. He's got yeah. a grade of of forty two point eight. Um, and I wasn't grade, trying to
1: crap on Ertz. I was just kind of curious where where he was. Um, and then man, so we're,
0: we've got most of the offensive line. We don't is Rodney Hudson factored into that? He is middling around okay. a grade of sixty. I'll tell you what's an interesting stat. Not for too much stat nerd here, but so uh, Ertz has got a grade of right around sixty three. But he's got a pass block grade of twenty three point six. He he he's struggled to to pass protect. You know who's got a really high think, pass? You pass think protect. about that
1: infamous play. Remember the infamous play
0: from week one where they
1: had a the corner blitz and Zach Ertz was supposed to be the guy. I wonder if he got crushed on that one.
0: Uh, what was the question? Well, the interesting point is Trey McBride has one hundred and ten offensive snaps this year. He almost has an elite pass blocking grade of just under eighty. Um wow. you know, his, nice. you know, his catching statistics aren't great and it's brought him down. Um his grade's forty three point five, but it's hard to blame the guy because he hasn't had a, a ball thrown his way. But I right now the, the best blocker of all the tight ends on the Cardinal roster, it's it's Trey McBride. It's not even close. Good. Steven wow. Anderson is actually the lowest graded Cardinal with forty five snaps at thirty seven point one. It's but he's had a, a rough season. I'm surprised he's still on the team, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But right, everybody defense. Else is like middle of the pack, you know. Yeah, the offense is okay, nothing egregious. But I mean, you know, Benjamin, it, it it adds up. I mean, it
1: makes sense when you look at the performance, especially the first six weeks of the season. I mean, I, th- I think that grades out to a, a, an offense that hasn't been great.
0: Yeah, and I, you know, Kyler's grade, you know, is respectable passing the ball, but his run grade's higher, and that's what boosts him up a little bit. I think Mm -hmm. K1's going to have a a big second half. Um, Before we flip the script to the defensive side of the ball, I want to remind everybody right now, DraftKings is dishing out some big-time deals for new customers. You can make a bet. We're uh, in the middle of Suns Warriors right now. Sling five bucks on an NBA money line and uh, get $200 back if your team wins. You can also boost your winnings on DraftKings 100% step-up same-game parlays. I do it Monday. I do it Sunday. I do it Thursday. I even do it Saturday for college football. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code PHNX. That's promo code PHNX on DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So defensive side of the ball, uh, not coincidentally much prettier um, than the offensive side of the ball. So Bo Brock, highest-graded Cardinal defensively. It's it's tough
1: because I'm I'm thinking either Zach Allen or Byron Murphy. I'm thinking up
0: front or in the defensive secondary. Am I close with either one of those guesses? You got you guessed the right man. Zach Allen is the highest okay. graded Cardinal. He's got almost 400 snaps on the year. He's got a grade of 76, but he's just even across the board. He's got a bad coverage grade, but what the hell are you doing, man? Plays <laughs> <laughs> defensive line. I'm going to tell you right now. Antonio Hamilton, one grade, had a hell of a game in coverage. Uh, He's got a grade of 70 on the year, but, I mean, you watched him number 33 with your eyes. Like That's a promising, promising development for the Cardinals. Yeah. He had that one bad play against Kevin White. I'd I'd say, you know, I I think
1: everybody wants that back, you know, where he went 60-plus yards. But, yeah, Antonio Hamilton made a game-changing play against New Orleans. That pick in the end zone, you know, really changed. If the Cardinals give up a touchdown there. I mean, who knows what happens the rest of the game, but that was a huge play for him in the end zone. His first career pick at 29 years old. Uh, just, just awesome. Awesome for Antonio Hamilton. What else we got? What What else do the grades tell us about this
0: defense? Uh The, the safeties are really good. Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker, both in the top five, their grades aren't great. They're just, you know, 65, 68, but just, you know, tackling run defense. Uh, You know, I, I, I think this is where pro football focus sometimes misses it with the eye test. You watch Jalen Thompson. He's having, I think, a Pro Bowl caliber year. Um, I'm going to ask you another trivia question here because it's a topic of discussion. Um, Zach Allen is third on the defense in pass rush at 69.8. There is one player ahead of him. Then I'm taking snaps aside because if you take snaps, if you can include snaps uh, under 200, Cameron Thomas at 60 total snaps has the highest grade of any pass rusher on the team with 77.4. That's promising down the line. Yeah. If he hasn't played enough. Who is the number one pass rusher on the Cardinal defense when given an opportunity? Would you say? I'm, I'm just going to get, I, is it Gardak? It's Isaiah Simmons at 76. Oh, all right. I, I mean, he doesn't have a sack this year and right. his run defense is really bad at 30. But according to Pro Football Focus, Isaiah's played 300 snaps, thank the good Lord above, the football gods, <laughs> and he's got a pass rush grade of 76. Um, you know, the defensive grades are not as – I'm looking at them kind of doing a deep dive there, and they're not as as pretty as I would have thought. Byron Murphy, disrespected, 63. Um, you know, they get a lot of love for Ben Neiman, uh, and I think that could go <laughs> down as – one of the kind of under-the-radar signings, Bo. I mean, he's, he's got a high tackling grade of 85. It's been solid, and I think not solid enough to take David Collins off the field, which his grades are not, you know, anything to write home about. But still solid enough in Ben Neiman where he's not a liability on the field, at least.
1: No, he's not. And he has experience, you know, playing, obviously, for the Chiefs for a couple seasons, and yeah, I, I think he's got one big TFL that I remember from early. Like I think in the Rams game, he made a big play. And yeah, he's not—he's not just. He doesn't look like he's playing underwater out there. It's—it's it's good for the. I, I like. I'm, I've been encouraged by Neiman. He's—he's
0: he's fine. He's an NFL caliber linebacker. If you just take the snaps total and you go down the list of guys who maybe shouldn't be playing that are playing, I look at a guy who's played 176 snaps. He's Having a tough year. That's Lecky Foto. He looks slow, Mm. got a grade Mm. of 45.2. And I think Bowen underscores their need, especially with Rashad Lawrence's availability potentially in doubt. Rashad's having a good year at 64. Watt's having a good year at 64. We talked about Zach Allen. Lecky Foto is a backup that I don't think we need to see anymore. I think he kind of. That maybe depth wise, maybe special teams. To me, it's like the big man out of Utah. I think he is expendable. I think I would yeah. try to get an upgrade.
1: There's uh, there were two reports on Tuesday that Cardinals fans should absolutely be excited about. One, if if the if the Broncos lose this son, uh, was it is a they play in prime time again? Is it Monday night game? Monday, Monday, Monday London, oh, London. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, They're they play. you
0: are get to go to London
1: there, to watch right terrible football they get they get to watch him play the Jags and if the Jags are victorious Bradley Chubb will be on the trade market and then also there's multiple reports that Duran Payne yeah that the Washington has received several calls on Duran Payne and uh, that's those are two names that Cardinals fans should be excited
0: about if they become available uh, the market hasn't been set with defensive linemen but the Raiders traded Jonathan Hankins you know rotational starter uh, 30 years old, kind of like a Brian Robinson type once upon a time, Corey Peters type, uh, run stuffer predominantly. They traded him to the Cowboys for a six round pick. Uh, and Dron Payne, much better player, but, you know, guy from the athletic uh, mentioned who covers the team. I don't know what his name is. Yeah. Second day pick, maybe could get it done. Uh, Cardinals Beautiful. Have, Cardinals have some of those. Um, and of course everybody's fan base is in the comments saying make the move, make the move, make the move but (laughs) we'll see Uh, and we'll be back, Bo and I, on Wednesday Four Peaks live with our boy Damian Anderson, thank you so much for listening in, be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five star wherever you get your podcasts having fun on a victory week, see if we can't catch another dub on Sunday, Bo Brock I'm Johnny Venerable, we'll see you later